All right, Rad Dads, and we're back for another episode. I'm Rob. Sal. And we're joined with another guest. David Metzer is joining us. Uh, he is not only a Rad Dad, but the author of The Nurse Papa and the host of The Nurse Papa podcast. How are you doing, That's David? Right. Uh, I'm good. I'm glad to talk to you guys finally. I know it's been an epic journey to get this scheduled. Yes. Do you want to give us a little background about yourself and, and what you do? Yeah. You know, my, name, my name is David Metzger. I'm a pediatric oncology nurse um, out in San Francisco, California. And I'm also the author of a book about parenthood and life called Nurse Papa. And also the host of a podcast called Nurse Papa as well. Perfect timing, Rob. <laughs> This is obviously my new toy. I mean, I, I haven't gotten that much applause for a while, so I mean, I'll take it. You have two kids, right? A boy and a girl? I have a boy and a girl. How, That's right. how old are they? My daughter is turning seven in November, and my son is five. We have the same birthday, the, the exact same day, August 27th. So, so we, we both turned... He turned five, I turned 45. Wow, pretty cool. You'll never forget his birthday. I will <laughs> never have another birthday that doesn't involve superheroes. This, there well, you go. At least for the next 10 years. Yeah, it would be kind of weird if he's 21 and still begging for a... <laughs> Marvel characters. <laughs> yeah, we you might have to see... He may want to go to Comic-Con dressed up as a Marvel character. I don't know, man. Do you guys want that for your kids? <laughs> 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 I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it's... I don't want to... Some people make some good money on it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. You know, do you, the, your, my kids, your kids, they'll all find their passions as they do. And we'll just have to accept them and support them, I suppose. Yeah, I encourage my kids to explore all avenues of uh, of passion. That sounded that came out so wrong, but yeah, that, whatever, that was awkward. Yeah, <laughs> but whatever their passions are, I'll encourage it. Um, yeah, you no, know, you're, you're right. It's tough to find something you truly love and and do it as as a profession. So it would be great oh, absolutely. I feel actually really lucky for that. Like I, I absolutely love what I do. I mean, it's not like it doesn't suck getting up every morning to do it, but. I mean, just to be able to enjoy your job and feel like you're making a difference, like, I feel like a lot of people don't have that in their careers. And it's, it's kind of, it's a little bit sad. What so do you what do you think? do that, that makes you, uh, what do you do day in and day out? I mean, I'm a, a nurse to kids. So I get to go to the hospital and take care of kids who are really sick and nurture their families through the process of, you know, a cancer diagnosis and just, just kind of be a, a good presence in their lives. I mean, I feel like if you have the opportunity to be a positive person and be helpful, like, and get paid for it, I mean, I can't think I would ask for very much more. I can't disagree. Turning turn the kids, I mean, just seeing, approaching a child that's not in a very good mood or, or seeing a sad child and being able to, to turn that frown upside down, you know, make them smile, make them giggle. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's a great feeling. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we care for we care for the mind as much as we do for the body, just like with your own kids. You you want them to be healthy, but you also just want them to be happy and have good perspectives and, you know, quality emotions. So it's, you know, it's you have to nurture both those sides. What challenges, uh, if any, have you faced raising your kids? Uh, like every single possible challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people at work probably don't realize that I have a bit of a temper. Um, because I hold myself together at work. It's, you know, I'm a professional. I can have a kid just scream in my face for hours on end. I mean, I won't enjoy it, but I will not lose my cool. But I can walk in the door after a day like that and lose my cool in two seconds with my own kids. <laughs> so there's also, 
There's that dichotomy of just. Lego. <laughs> I mean, I have five Legos embedded in my left foot right now, and <laughs> it's uncomfortable. <I> don't... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I really have found that maintaining equanimity and patience as a dad has been a real education. You know, when you're single, you don't have kids, or you're, you know, with somebody and don't have kids, <laughs> you don't have to. You're not challenged often, you know, with the patience of another life. And that's been a real education for me. I'm still working on it. I'm, I, I can't say that I have figured out exactly how to be the best person in that way, but it's a daily challenge and you just have to like, you know, accept your failures for what they are and move on and kind of hope that you do better next time. I mean, do you guys face that challenge as well? Um, losing my cool at, at, at home? Yes. Yes. <laughs> never seen it, Sal. Never seen it. And, try, and, and keeping my composure at work. What kind of work do you do, Sal? Uh, civil engineer. Okay. Building, you make buildings not fall down? Uh, well, currently working in electrical substations, so I got to make sure contractors are, are doing uh, what the client uh, pays for. So gotcha. Got to deal with a lot of personalities and a lot of egos. People cutting corners? The, attempt to. Attempt to. That's why, <laughs> that's why we're there. <laughs> yeah. In itself, the challenge is not come, trying to walk through the door and not, not lose your cool. Yeah. It's good to be challenged though, because if you don't, if you're not challenged, you don't grow. And I would say that, you know, parenthood, fatherhood, it's a growth opportunity field. <laughs> you definitely get to, you know, be better. Fatherhood is probably one of the most important jobs you'll ever have and something you are the least prepared to do. You don't go to school for it. You just have to learn it on the job. And that's part of the reason we do this. You probably wrote your book. One of the reasons, you know, we want to give back to people and, and, you know, spread the word and interview people and, you know, give that information back to everyone because, you know, it is, it's, you have the least amount of information to influence probably the most important people in your life. Absolutely. And in my book, you know, in my life, in my podcast, I always make a point to emphasize that imperfection is a constant state of parenthood. You know, when you, there's no time when you think that you've actually figured it out. And if you do reach that point, you are probably fooling yourself. So I think it's good to acknowledge that we're all very imperfect and that we're all trying our best to figure it out. And we do depend on other dads to kind of guide us with their own personal journeys. I, you know, it's, it's tough to get some dads to actually come forward and, and explain how they feel and, and want to share their journey, especially if it's, if they're having a tough time and that, that, that's oh, yeah. another reason why Rob and I want to do this podcast because not everybody's perfect and every, yeah, well, and I just want to make everybody aware that, Hey, we're going through the same challenges that you might be going through. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm from California. We get the big feels out here. So we talk about <laughs> our emotions. <laughs> we're from the Northeast. That doesn't hold true. Yeah. It's not very common for dads to uh, admit their fallibilities. No, I don't think so. And I, I think when we were reaching out to other fathers and, and just finding out, you know, if they wanted to be part of this or, you know, come on the show or, you know, meet up and, and do like a dad's uh, retreat. And some of them are like, no, you know, I have that group. I have that group in my town and that's all I need. While others were like, yes, and here's some of the stuff we would like to discuss. So yeah. very different reactions from different people. And Honestly, some of the reactions I got from strangers were more accepting than from people I've known for like 20 years. So that does not surprise me at all, Rob. No, 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 absolutely. I mean, 
just because you know somebody really well doesn't mean that they um that they subscribe to you know your personal philosophy sometimes i think it is helpful to have people who you have less skin in the game with who you're able to to kind of you know meet on the same the same plane of of fatherhood or whatever you're discussing that's a fair point so what what is one life lesson that you wish your kids will carry on i'm gonna let them choose that (laughs) i I feel like you know one thing about parenthood that i've had to learn is that there's two well there's many approaches you can take but there's two approaches is being heavy-handed with you know who you want your kids to be and or just like letting them kind of figure that out. I think we're here to guide our kids and I think we're here to, um, you know, let them make mistakes as well. I, I want my kids to know that I am not perfect because that's how they know that it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to make mistakes and you just have to move on from that. So, I mean, I guess by not being heavy handed, I want them to know that it's okay to, to not be perfect and to make mistakes and to be gracious in those moments because I mean that's when it's really hard to be a person right when you've just bit it hard you've done something that was not good for you or for somebody else and you have to admit that you were wrong and that you um, are okay with that and you want to move on admit that you're wrong own your mistake ever just happened and and move on stand up yeah and and you know just do better (laughs) it's a very hard lesson to learn and once you're able to do that, things get a lot, I don't want to say easier, but I think you're able to battle through the daily challenges better. Yeah. It's, um, I think a lot of people are very stubborn in their views. You know, they just don't want to be wrong. It's really hard for people to be wrong. And there's a real grace in accepting that, you know, that label and, Maybe you'll be better. Maybe you'll be worse. <laughs> but, you know, you've got to allow it to happen or you won't, you won't grow and you won't change. And the people around you won't be able to grow with you. Cannot always be right. No, absolutely not. So what inspired you to write Nurse Papa? Um, that's a great question. I deal with some pretty intense situations on a daily basis. I think you can only imagine what it's like for a parent to you know, truly understand that their child has cancer, that they have a terminal diagnosis or that they'll be, you know, dealing with the implications of treatment for, you know, two to three years and really never know how it's going to turn out. You know, that's a hard place to be. And I think some people don't realize that, you know, with all that pain and sadness, there is there is a level of joy and happiness too, you know, because as these kids spend weeks and months in the hospital, they're still growing. They're still being themselves. They're still bumping into life and figuring out how to be the people they want to be. And there's laughter and there's moments of levity. But like most people don't ever get to see that. And they don't get to learn, you know, just the incredible lessons that these parents and these kids have taught me. But what a gift I thought it was or would be to, you know, transmit these stories in a palatable and, you know, I, I hope poetic way, so they don't have to learn these lessons the hard way. I mean, you could read my book, I hope, and really get something out of it without half having to go through that journey of a cancer diagnosis. There's a uh, boy in town 
um, that has uh, neuroblastoma. And oh, gosh. his parents have been documenting the, the little boy's journey. Um, they have a Facebook group. Very, they're a very positive family, um, but they share updates. And what a strong little boy is, is, is what I have to say. Yeah. He, How old was he when he was diagnosed? I want to say he's seven now, maybe five. Uh-huh. But he, the, 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 the chemotherapy, it was in remission for a bit, but then it came back. So he, 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 has, he has had quite the journey and um, yeah. continues to fight. Yeah, I know. Um, I treat lots of kids who have neuroblastoma. Um, you know, it's it's strange because that disease almost becomes a lifestyle of sorts because, you know, we are getting better and better at treating it. And, the, you know, the therapy modalities for it are changing constantly, but we still haven't nailed it yet. You know, you know, there's some cancers like some basic leukemias where the survival, the survival rate, honestly, is like 80 to 90 percent, you know, given that you follow the correct therapy modalities and keep on going with it. But, but neuroblastoma, we are just still trying to figure out, you know, how to make this disease stay away. And it is heartbreaking. And these families just kind of struggle for years and years. And ultimately, some don't make it. And many don't make it. But, you know, that struggle, it's very real. And it truly defines who these families and these kids end up being in many ways. It's, it's hard. It's really tough. And, you know, those families need lots of support. Yeah. And they get a lot of support from our community. They, I'm sure. How have you been able to balance being a pediatric oncologist, a father, a husband, and an author effectively? Um, one thing about parenthood that I have found is that I have been trained very well to find the moments in between to do my work. Um, you know, I remember, and I don't know if you guys remember when you were single and had all the time in the world and, you know, you might have had, had responsibilities, you might have had a job, you might have even had a girlfriend. Um, but, you know, I think I wasted a lot of time just like messing around and not really focusing on things that were important to me. But now as a parent, I know what is important to me. And I know that um, to be able to get those things done, I just got to like hop in when the moment makes it, when the moment is there. So if I have 10 minutes, I will be down working on it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm on the other side of the book process right now. And I don't know if I intend to write another one, but I've definitely learned how to, um, to kind of take those moments in between. It doesn't mean I have not completely alienated my family at points because I've just been like so focused on on trying to get my, my work done or trying to get a podcast episode out. But um, once again, I'm not perfect. I just do my best. You know, it's funny you say that. I try to balance, or I mean, me and Sal both do, try to balance our the podcast. I write as well, but more fiction. And then we have our website and a bunch of other stuff going on. Plus we're fathers, husbands, and then coaches and, you know, for soccer and, and multiple sports. And it just takes a toll. And yeah, when you're single, you waste a ton of time. When you're married, two kids and, you know, have side hustles and, and have a full-time job, you know, my son was asking me the other day, he's like, dad, you know, how much TV do you watch a day? And I was like, I think I watch about like an hour of TV. And that's just to like wind me down and not like, and not to be thinking about anything like serious. Yeah. I remember <laughs> before I had kids, I watched the Sopranos all the way through <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I had that amount of time to waste. I mean, the first time it probably was not waste. It's a great show. You guys, you know, that's your part yeah. of the country, right? Yeah. Um, but like, give me a break. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we, uh, like Rob said, it's it's maybe 10, 20 minutes at nighttime to wind down for TV. And my kids are so busy with sports. During the weekends, they, they want to sit down in front of the TV. But during the week, it's come home after practice, do homework, eat dinner, shower. And by that time, it's, you know, 930. It's cigarette bedtime. Yeah. How old are your kids? Uh, 10, 11, and 12. Okay. So you're a little bit ahead of the game, at least for me. Rob, you? Eight today and ten. Uh, ten. Gotcha. Well, maybe you guys can give me some advice about my next stage. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It's definitely enjoyable. I think each stage has its pros and cons. Yeah. Um, I will say that, you know, and Sal does this very well. Is, and I'm not sure if it's because it's, he has girls and I have boys. But I noticed when they spend a lot of time on their iPads or their gaming devices, it kind of changes their personality or laptops. We actually um, took away my older son's laptop and iPad and completely different person. And he's like, I was supposed to get it back this week because I took it away for three weeks. I was like, there is not a change. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we like the young man you are right now. I'm afraid to introduce my kids to that kind of connection because I don't want that to happen, honestly. It became introduced. So I'm not going to blame this on COVID. We already introduced them to it. So that's besides the point. But it became reality uh, last year when they both had to have uh, um, computers, laptops for yeah. for virtual learning. It's, it's, yeah, COVID had to make that worse, I'm sure. It's easy for yeah. a parent to hand over their phone or their iPad or their tablet to their child who, who wants like a 20-minute or a 30-minute break. But then that 20, 30-minute break compounds into hours. So now they're yeah. used to that iPad or that phone as being the babysitter, and now that child is attracted to that and, and can't get away from it. Yeah, it sounds a lot stricter on this than I am. I think the reality is kids are going to be exposed to this stuff. I'd rather them be exposed to it under my guidance versus not at all. Yeah. There, there's that rebel factor that I always think about. The reality is, is that it's it's easier to have your kids on a device because it means that you don't have to be fully present with them. I think we should be completely honest. I face the same issues where it's it means that I'm going to be working harder with them to you know maintain their attention and maintain just like a relationship. Um, and it's a it's a it's hard. It's hard to be a parent who's fully present all the time. And it's easier to be a parent who allows their kid to sit on an iPad. And I'm not going to blame any parent for going that route because a lot of people just don't have the bandwidth or the, you know, the skill set to you know, be with their kids all the time. But, you know, if you can, it's, it's better. And before you said, you know, you're, you're moving into the next stages and, 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 you know, what advice do we have? My advice would be make every moment count. Oh yeah. Make make it make it a memory. Make it something that they're going to remember. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest and it, this might be hard for some of your listeners to hear, but I see kids pass away and and die. It's not unusual for me. I see kids in pain and I see them missing out on really basic things. And even given that experience, it's sometimes hard for me to be completely present in that moment and to truly enjoy it with my kids. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd think that it would be easy given that reality, but it's not. 
it is a challenge and you is one it's something you have to really be conscious about sure you're i mean you're exactly right so so um the title of chapter 11 in your book is meet your kids where they are not where they not where you want them to be can you it can is. you elaborate i think that as parents it's really easy for us to talk down to our kids and to expect them to understand the world the way we understand it. But not only are they completely different people than us, but they're also at completely different developmental levels than us. So we can't expect our kids to solve a problem or understand a problem the way we would. You, know, you have to kind of get down to their level and you know, help them solve a problem from their perspective. And I, you know, I deal with that as a nurse and as a father all the time, trying to, um, to, to come to a place where my kids don't feel like I'm just running the show. Like they really need to understand life on their terms. And sometimes that means exiting my, my place of comfort and being a dad on their terms, which is hard. I agree. It's really hard. Easy things to do, and, and it's, it's hard to, to do it the hard way. <laughs> so I'm going to ask a two-part question because you have a lot of involvement with kids in, in tough situations. What have you learned from the kids you treat or you deal with in, in your day-to-day work? And then what have your own children taught you? Gosh. I mean, I feel with my, my own kids, every day is a new lesson about seeing the world in a different way. And I think as adults, we really forget that um, the world can be a very novel place. So simply going outside with my kids and allowing them to point out what interests them and accepting that new viewpoint. I mean, that is the real joy of fatherhood because you just get to relive childhood again, albeit with a, you know, hopefully a healthier perspective and just kind of some maturity. But when you really engage with kid with your kids on a you know in a in a very real way you get to see the world through their eyes and i just i just love that as far as my patients man and there's no shortage of lessons about how to be graceful in pain and suffering and how to you know take care of each other i mean I'm just never, I'm always surprised, excuse me, about how great these kids are and how much they, um, you know, really take care of their parents in the special way. I mean, it's, I think it's hard to suffer through cancer or any other disease, but it's sometimes harder to see those around you suffer as well, to suffer because you are suffering. And it takes a really developed personality and a really special person to you know, be kind to the people who are trying to take care of you. And that's just a, a daily lesson. And you don't see it in, in every kid, but often you see these really just special kids who are able to help others be graceful around them. Because it's embarrassing, right? It's embarrassing to have somebody take care of you. It's hard to be helpless. And the, the kids who just kind of give in to that process, it's just really beautiful. So we're going to lighten the mood a little bit and do rapid fire questions, rad dad, rapid fire questions for our listeners who listen to 
all our interviews, obviously, because we have such a vast following. Uh, what's your favorite cartoon? My favorite cartoon. Um, I do not watch like TV shows, but there are some old school movies that I am a big fan of. Have you guys seen, or there's a movie called um, Rats of Nim? I, you know what? I think I've heard of it. It's pretty amazing. It's a very dark, dark. I remember when we were kids, there was these cartoons that you're like, oh, this is not for kids, is it? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. And I've always, I always appreciate um, cartoons that were a little bit more mature. Got it. So favorite movie would be Rats of Nim also? No, we got to answer something different. This is going to get boring. <laughs> I'm a big fan of uh, Last of Mohicans with Daniel Day-Lewis. That was a great movie. Uh, favorite food? Favorite food? Uh, let's see. I'm going to take anything Asian, but I'm a big fan of Vietnamese and Korean. Nice. Favorite sport? I'm not a sports guy. Uh, I don't like watching sports, but I love playing sports. And the sport that I've always excelled at is called Ultimate Frisbee. You yes. guys have that out east? Yep. Yes, we do. Favorite dad moment? I think I'm going to go with Sal here. It's every moment, right? It's just being there. And it's not always the the best ones or the worst ones. It's just like the continuum of of being a dad. Best family vacation spot? Ooh, gosh. I'm a big fan of Mexico. That's Anywhere in particular? Um, I love Oaxaca. It's, you know, it's, it's a big region down in the middle of, of the country. Uh, and your favorite dad joke? What is brown and sticky? What? A stick. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Uh, very nice. Can I make a pitch to your to your listeners right now? Sure. And maybe you guys can put this in your in your bio for this show as well. I am actually now competing in a contest called the Legendary Dad Bod Competition. And I think I'll, for for your listeners who don't know about dad bods, they're not necessarily muscular chiseled bodies. You can be round and fluffy and you could also be svelte and muscular. I'm somewhere in between. But um this dad bod contest is um, helps support um, pediatric cancer in particular. So if your listeners um, are able to vote for me by going to um, hopefully the link that you'll include in your bio, they'll be able to vote for me daily and I'll be able to give lots of money to pediatric cancer. Yeah, it is legendary. You know, <laughs> if, if I would have known about this uh, uh, four weeks ago, I might have been uh, a contestant. But Robin, yeah, how's your dad? How's your dad about looking these days? Uh, Rob and I are in a, in a competition of the most weight loss by the week before Christmas, um, Thanksgiving. So who's winning right now? He he won't disclose it, but I think it's uh, pretty close. Okay. I, yeah, I actually do think it was pretty close. The first couple of weeks, I, I thought I was in the lead, but then he told me what he was losing, and it got me a little nervous. So so I'm very big on fasting. Um, yeah, I, I like fasting. Um, it's, and I do keto, so well when I do keto, it, it has a drastic impact to, to what I eat and, and how much I eat. Are you guys more um, in favor of exercising to kind of keep your weight and your health, or do you like to eat well, or is it a combination of both? What was that first term that you used? I've never heard it before. Exercising? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, it is an activity in which one sometimes put on puts on gym shoes, usually some kind of billowy shorts and 
goes into nature and moves their feet. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. I won't go into a gym. <laughs> uh, yeah, who who who's going to gyms now? I, I have no interest. I, I used to be very big into going to the gym. It just freaks me out right now. Trying to find so. the time to do that is is a bit bit of a challenge. Yeah, no. I mean, I I do all my exercises at home. I can't be bothered to like get dressed and do some, you know go someplace else to do it. Yeah. So where where can our audience find you on social media? So you can find me on Instagram at Nurse Papa the Book. Um, you can find me at on Twitter at Nurse Papa. You can find my website at um, nursepapathebook.com. And my podcast is Nurse Papa. And, you know, it's on every platform out there, right where your guys' show is. And where, where can they nice. buy your book? Is it on Amazon? They can buy my book on Amazon currently. Nice. Self-published or did you, uh, did you get a publisher? I have a publisher. Nice. Um, which is not necessarily the, the best way to go, honestly. Yeah, Sometimes right. I wish I went by myself because I, I do all the work, man. <laughs> I heard. I heard you still do all the work, but then you just pay them a commission. Yeah, that's exactly what happens, Rob. Um, I will um, definitely proclaim that this world is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> so every, everybody listening, uh, go to Amazon uh, and, and buy the book, Nurse Papa. Um, Check out Dave Metzger. Check out his <laughs> podcast as well. There is actually, yeah, one, one last thing we ask all our guests. Uh, what words of wisdom would you impart on our listeners? Be happy. Yeah. The world's not going to be happy for you. You got to be happy on your own. And nobody else is going to complete you. I think, you know, I, I think people often think, oh, I'm going to get married. That person's going to make me happy. I'm going to have kids. They're going to make me happy. Those things will make you happy, they, but they won't bring you happiness. You, you got to do that yourself. That's the uh, first time I think we've, we've had uh, that, that response. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy, Sal. That's right. That's Don't worry. Strong. Worry, but be happy. <laughs> we should worry, man. This world is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> David, thank you for coming on. It was really great having you on. It was great to have you on, and thank you for making time for us this evening. And uh, we'll, put, we'll put all the information in the liner notes. All right, and that was David Mexker, Nurse Papa, author of the Nurse Papa book and the uh, host of the Nurse Papa podcast. So definitely uh, vote for him on the Dad Bod and tune in next time for another episode of the Rad Dads podcast.